morning, folks. Hope you're doing well. Um, <clears throat> so, as John mentioned, we're um, in this series called Urgent. We're actually wrapping this series up this week, and we are going to be starting into a new series next week. It's simply called Galatians. We're going to be walking through the book of Galatians, which is such a, um, to me, a, a book that speaks to our culture. Even though we in the South are, are moving really rapidly towards and maybe already are somewhat into a post-Christian culture, believe it or not, there are still a lot of things that the Galatians, I think, speaks to, especially the Bible Belt kind of thing, um, this going to church and religious activity that we think saves us. And I think this can be a really powerful series for our church, um, our community, because we have to realize that it's the power of Christ and faith in Christ and the receiving of the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ that is what, what gives us, one, salvation, but two, the ability to live out the Christian life, to live out the mission of God. And so we're really going to be diving into that. Galatians is honestly, it's probably at least in the top two or three of my favorite books in the Bible, if not one. Um, it, it's just incredible in how it speaks to these things. And so really excited about us going through this together because I believe it speaks to a lot of what we all battle with and what we struggle with and many of the things that rob us of our joy in Jesus. And so looking forward to getting into that. Today we are finishing up um, this series called Urgent. And a lot of what I want to talk about today deals with the issue of mental health. Um, and there's this stigma, really, in the church about mental health. It's changing somewhat, but it still needs to be attacked even more. And it needs to be broken down. Because as Christians, we're not supposed to have any type of depression. We're not supposed to have any type of issues, really. But the reality of it is that people in the church, including myself, have been affected, and many severely affected, by mental health issues. For me, it's been depression. I still battle it at times. I um, thank God for, for faith, for family, and for professionals who've helped me to become whole, um, more whole in, in this area of my life. But I can tell you for many, many years, from probably around 2000 and, gosh, probably even around 2009 is when it started, all the way through probably 2016 or so, 17 it was rough. It was rough. It was, it was challenging. It was difficult. And there's various reasons for that. And we'll talk about some of those today. But here's the thing that I know. Either you yourself struggle with mental health issues or someone you know and care for struggles with mental health issues. And yet in the church, it's often ignored. And we don't talk about it. It's kind of one of those things that we feel we should just have the joy of the Lord. And we should just pray and it should just disappear. But sometimes it's not that easy. Certainly God heals, but sometimes it takes more. Sometimes it takes what God calls us to, community around us. Sometimes it takes Jesus healing our bodies through professionals, through therapy, through medication, which is kind of the thing that Christians aren't supposed to do. I'll go ahead and get this out, of, out right now. I've taken enough medicine to fill up a 50-gallon drum, okay? So it just is what it is. But when you get to this point where you're willing to do whatever it takes to get better, it seems when we quit, as we're going to see here, when we quit relying on ourselves, and we trust God and where he leads us, no matter what that looks like, God begins to heal us. And so I want to take this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. And we're going to read down through 11, and then we're going to pray and get into the message. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, 1, it says, Paul, so this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul was always defending his apostleship, especially to the Corinthians. There were people who were trying to undermine him. And so he reminds them that his apostleship comes by, from Jesus by the will of God. 
And he says, and Timothy, our brother, so Timothy's there with him. He says, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. And listen to this. He says, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. So Paul's saying, look, our distress a lot of it is coming from us bringing you the gospel. We're being persecuted, pressed. But it's coming from us loving you so much that we're bringing you the gospel. And he's saying it's for your comfort and salvation. He goes on in verse 7 says, And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Here's some of the reasons for their need for this comfort. He says, we are under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Listen to that. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Again, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote many, if not most, of the books of the New Testament. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. In other words, they were out of hope. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example of Jesus. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is the comforter the encourager. Thank you for the example of Paul who persevered, who pressed on, not in his own strength, but in yours. And I pray today, Lord, for every person in here and every heart that you would put your spirit in us again. Just, just not that you aren't there, Lord, but would you fill us again? Would you fill us again with your spirit Pray right now for the person who is in despair, in depression, who's battling with bipolar, who's battling with mental health issues. I pray for those who are, have been affected by the mental health issues of others or right now are, are struggling because of the mental health issues of someone they love. Lord, would you move and heal? We know that it's by your stripes that we have been healed. We know that it's you who took up our sicknesses and infirmities. It's you who give us hope. So would you let hope arise in us today, God? The authority of Jesus Christ, I pray right now that, that, that hope would arise in us today. I just feel that really strongly in my heart right now. I just I even want us just to say this. Can we say this together? Let hope arise. Let hope arise, God, in our hearts. It might feel weird, but just say it. Let hope arise in our hearts, God, because we need your hope. We don't need hope the way the world gives it. We need hope in what you give. We need hope through who you give the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the one who is like Jesus but not Jesus, the one who comes to fill and 
fulfill everything you have for us. So God, right now, would you move in our hearts in a mighty way, God? We, we thank you and we love you and we praise you and we give you all the thanks and praise because you are worthy, God, of all our praise. And God, again, let hope arise. Let it arise in our hearts even now. Break through the walls, God, right now that would hinder us. Break through the walls, God, right now that would hinder us from, from being able to, to receive what you have for us today, to be able to receive what you have. God, would you pull down the thoughts that do not line up according to your word Right now, whatever it is in your life that is causing you to not have peace, right now, I want you to begin to ask the Lord to pull down those things that, that are causing you to be anxious. I want you to begin to ask the Lord to replace this, this, this spirit of despair with a garment of praise, that a song would arise in your heart that you could sing that would give you hope. Uh, I want you to begin right now to just... Ask the Lord um, to, to move in a way that is beyond your ability. That right now you would begin to lean into God, lean into Jesus, and rely upon his love, to rely upon his ability. It says grace and peace to you. Grace is his ability. God has given all grace, all of his ability to you through Jesus Christ. And right now, I want us to begin to see ourselves as victorious, not as victims. I want you to, right now, you may be in the deepest depression of your life, but right now, I want you to pray to God that God would give you the ability to see yourself not as a victim, but as victorious. That, that if we turn and we face and we lean into God and we follow his steps and we follow his leading, that he leads us, the Bible says, to victory. He leads us to victory. So right now, I want you to begin to believe that you are not a victim, you are a victor, that God has made a way for you, that if he is for you, who can be against you, that he is the one who, who lifts us up out of the mud and the mire and the muck and all the suckiness of this world, and he sets our feet on a firm foundation, and he takes us and he sets those feet on a firm foundation so that when the wind and the rains come and the pain comes and the hurt comes and the doubt comes and the struggle comes, that it, we are are not moved and we continue to stand. So Lord, would you flood us right now with the power of your spirit? Would you fill us right now for the power of your spirit from the left to the right of this room, from the right to the left of this room? Would you allow your spirit to sweep across every single person here today and allow them to be filled again with the power that only comes from you, with the ability that only comes from you? Right now, if you're dealing with depression, I want you to lift up your eyes. I want you to lift up your eyes to Jesus. I want you to see Jesus on the cross, but I don't want you to stop there. I want you to picture and imagine in your mind Jesus seated at the right hand of God, not, not suffering, not, not in pain, but victorious. And I want you to understand that his resurrection and ascension and the deposit of his Holy Spirit into our heart as believers is the guarantee that whatever we're going through, we're going to get through. That he is going to deliver, just as Paul said in his word as he wrote us to the, to the Corinthians, that he has delivered us from every deadly peril. He has delivered us from every deadly peril. That we have victory in Christ. That the enemy has no hold over our life unless we allow him space. So right now, God, we take authority over the enemy through the name of Jesus God, we thank you that you tell us that you have given us authority. God, you have given us the ability to rise above the circumstances and the situations of this world. I thank you, God, right now that you've given us the ability. Come on, I don't want you to go to sleep while I'm praying. I want you to be awake. I want your faith to be awakened today that God would do something different in your life, that God would change something in your heart today, that new hope would arise. God, we thank 
thank you that today your spirit is going to do something in our hearts that moves us beyond where we are, that sets us free. We know it is your truth that sets us free. I pray for any person in this room right now who is contemplating suicide. We break that stronghold. We break that bond bondage right now in Jesus' name that that would be broken, that they would realize they have a reason to live, that their energy would begin to return, that their spirit, God, would begin to be lifted by your spirit, that that thought would leave their mind, that they would reach out to someone who will walk through with them, God, that, God, you would begin to heal, you would begin to work, you would begin to move, God. We just banish every demonic spirit and influence that would be in, in this place that we carried in, whatever it might be, God, this is a holy place set apart for you right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, that for every single person, your spirit would just invade. Your spirit would go into the dark corners of our hearts and it would bring light. And just as God, in the very beginning, the spirit was hovering over the waters, I thank you that even right now you're hovering over us. And God, as we speak your word, I believe new things will be created. Just as you spoke at creation and new things were created, I thank you that right now new things will be created in our heart. New things will be done in our heart. New, new, newness would come, God. A newness. You, Lord, at the end, it says you're making all things new. Would you make things new this morning in our heart? In Jesus' name, amen. So when we look at this, uh, you know, the, the first question I, I, I think about, and this is just a stupid question, because how many of you would like to have more peace in your life, right? And I think that would have to be everybody. I don't know anybody too much that wouldn't want a little more peace, right? You, you may be as chill as they come, right? But, but for, for most of us, um, th we could take a little bit more peace in our life. We could, we could have a little bit more serenity in our life. We could have a little bit more shalom in our life. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think about that and, and I think about the struggles we have in life, the suffering that just comes not with just being a Christian, but the suffering that just comes with being a human, right? The suffering that just comes from being in the world. It, it, it's not even something that um, it has to necessarily even be something that happens because of persecution for our faith like Paul is dealing with, but we just struggle and we suffer and we, 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 we have anxiety and worries through, about the world just because we're human. And then if you throw in the, the, the aspect of our faith and the more and more we're being ridiculed and pressured because of our faith, it begins to compound. And what we begin to feel is this, this almost disorientation in ourselves. It's almost like this, this pulling apart, this being pulled apart, this anxiety, this, 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 this fight that happens internally. Where And think about this. See if this is you at times. Think about this. Are there times in you that you feel so torn on the inside because you have such anxiety or such concern or such worry that you, you feel being torn apart because on one hand you want to trust but on the other hand, you're just covered up in anxiety and worry. And you just feel that. And it's just a real thing. And for some of you, you walk through depression, you have issues with depression, you see a therapist, it's okay. I see some of y'all leaving when I'm going in. You always see it if you walk out like this. I walk out, I'm like, how y'all doing? But people struggle with that. Right now, some of you are struggling with depression. And on one hand, you're like, I feel like I'm being torn apart by it. On the other hand, you're like, I wish I could trust my way. I wish I could just have faith enough to somehow step out of this. And it just seems impossible. I've been there. I know what that's like. For some of you, you got a spouse, you got a friend, and they can't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand why you're where you're at. Because it's hard to if you haven't been there. But it's a real thing. And for most of us, we would love to have more 
peace. But for those of you specifically who are struggling with mental health issues, as I have, I want to tell you three things that I think are really, really important. And three things that you can share with those around you. If, if it's for you, good. If it's for somebody else, good. But these three things that you can share with people that will help them, just very simple things that can help them with this. The first one is this, you're not crazy, right? You're not crazy. Now that uncle that comes to family reunion, he might be crazy, but it's not because of he's struggling with depression. It's not because he's dealing with mental health issues. He's just a nut. We all see them people, right? They got that look in their eye. You can see it. If you look at people's eyes, you can see it. They got that look in the eye like, you, like there's crazy in that eye. But if you're dealing with mental health issues, the first thing I want you to know is you're not crazy. You're not crazy. We can be labeled as that. We can be labeled as that. We, we as Christians can be labeled as just not having enough faith. Had a guy out here in the atrium, and I always, when I tell stories, I'm like, they're going to hear this. I know they're going to get back. It's going to get back to them. But I, it just is what it is. So I'm out here in the atrium one day, and this guy had come to church, and he said, you know, I came here a while back, back at the high school. And he said, the music was good. Your message was good. And this was sometime, I guess, around 14 or 15 he said, the music was good, the message was good, but when I looked at you and you were so young, I thought, this guy hasn't been through enough pain for me to follow him. What he didn't know is that during the times he was talking about, those were the most painful times of my life. Those were the days that when my feet hit the floor, if they hit the floor, I didn't know if I could make it through the day. Those were the days that when I'm I would get out of bed. I was just trying to get back to the bed. And I look at this, and people can say, we just don't have enough faith. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. But that's not true. That's not the truth. It's not that, it's not that you just suck as a Christian. It's a real issue, and you're not crazy. The other thing I would tell you is you're not alone. You're not alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. For one, God is there. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. But the other thing you need to look at, and if you're at home watching this, you can, you can think about all the people here in this room. There are people here who will help you. There are people here who will walk with you. I know because I see a lot of them out here right now. They've been through what you're going through. They are going through what you're going through. And they will help you. There is nothing that pulls at my heart more than when I get a message that, hey, so-and-so would like to meet with you if you have time. And that says they are struggling with depression. There is very few times, and I'm going to get blown up for this, right? But there are very few times that I will not do anything I can to meet with that person. Because I know the struggle. I know how real it is. And I want to help. You're not crazy. You're not alone. That's why we need community. And here's the biggest thing I want you to understand. You do have hope. You do have hope. Hope is not gone. Hope is not over. I've seen too many people that walk through. The only way this thing is over for you is if you quit walking. The only way this is over for you is if you stop. The way you get through a valley is you keep walking, right? We don't stop there. We keep walking. And there's hope. There's hope. There can be peace in our lives. Paul starts this out. He says, grace and peace to you from God, 
our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says grace and peace. This word for peace is actually the word shalom. You hear people say that sometimes, shalom. Jewish people a lot of times will greet each other with these words shalom. But it's a peace that goes beyond even just a tranquility. It's a peace that literally means things are the way things ought to be. And so it's a greeting, it's a wish, it's, it's saying, I, I wish for you that things are the way they ought to be. And here's the thing, suffering, depression, pain, all of these things that we deal with in the world, there's a feeling that they don't belong. It's a feeling that they're foreign because our hearts weren't intended to endure them. We weren't created to live in this. See, the Bible says eternity was placed in our heart. We were created to be eternal beings living with God in his perfect presence, but things got all jacked up. And now we come to this place where pain and suffering and hurt and worry and despair and all of these things, they feel foreign. They feel like they don't belong because we weren't created for those things. But because of God's grace, his ability, he says, I will get you through these things. I will get you through. I will see you through. If you keep going on down, you get to Verse 5, it says this, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Would you listen to that? So also our comfort abounds through Christ, through Jesus. The first way that we begin to overcome this, the first way we begin to just win the battle is we have to understand that God is for us and his ability is available to us to keep going, to keep stepping. When you think you can't take another step, pushing and pressing into God, he gives us the ability to take one more step. That's all that's required. He's not asking you to take 10, 20, 30, 40 steps. He's asking you to take one more step. Just the next one. I'm going to give you the ability, my grace. I'm going to give you my grace, my ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself, to take one more step. Just take one more. We'll deal with the second one after the first one. Just take one more step. And this verse tells us that God is a God of comfort. And that word there for comfort is literally this Greek word. It's, it's paraclete. And probably better translated, it's not comfort. A lot of people call the Holy Spirit the comforter, which is true. He does comfort. But in this, probably a better translation would be encourager. So he's telling us that God is the God of all encouragement. And he's telling us that our encouragement abounds through Christ. What does that mean? It means when I'm walking with Jesus, my encouragement can abound. The challenge is when you're in that low place, you don't feel like walking with Jesus. Sometimes you just get to this place where you're like, I just, I can't, I just don't feel it. It's just, I just don't, I don't have the energy, I don't have this, I, it's so difficult. And one, there's times we have to just make a decision. We have to just make a choice. That I don't feel it and I, I don't even have the energy to, 
to pick up my Bible and begin to read, but I've got a phone with this Bible app, and I'm just going to start playing Scripture, and I'm just going to let this Scripture begin to soak over me. I, I, I don't have the energy to even get up and go, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some music on my phone. I'm going to put some worship music on my phone. I'm going to begin to play it, and I'm just going to begin to sing it because I do believe that the Word is true, that if I will begin to just take this song and begin to sing, then this garment of praise will rebuke and run away the spirit of despair. And then sometimes it's so hard for us to do that. But then it's why we come to this place where Paul says that when we're comforted, it is so that we can comfort others with the same comfort we've received. And you need this. It's why we need community. It's why you need people who you can call. It's why you need people who will call you. It's why you need people who know you. It's why you need Christian people who can point you back to the truth. And remind you that you're not crazy, you're not alone, and you do have hope, and I'm here for you. I remember at one of my lowest points, I'm, I'm driving home from uh, the church, and I just couldn't stay anymore. I, I had to go. There were days I would come into the church when we were in the office over on uh, North Main Street, right across from the courthouse. And, and, and there were days I would come into the office, and I was so fatigued, I was so drained, I was so depressed, I was so just completely wiped that I would walk in and I would sit down in the chair and the best thing I could do is put my head down on the desk. I would just sit there literally with my forehead on the desk and, and, and there was so much condemnation and there was so much despair because I knew there were things that I needed to be doing and I couldn't do them. I get home and I'm, I'm wiped out. I, I wanted to be a better father. I wanted to be a better husband. I wanted to be a better pastor. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more. And yet inside of me, it was so impossible. And, and, and I'd come in and I'd do these things. But, but one day when I was at the lowest, one of the lowest points that I got to, I'm riding home and I, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm just like, this is done. I don't even know what to do anymore. I can't keep going. I don't know what to do. And my phone rings. And I almost didn't answer it, but it was one of my best friends. And I answered the phone, and he says, where are you? And I said, I'm crossing I-16 um, on the way home. And he could hear. I mean, it was obvious that I was, I was just bawling. And, yeah, I'm crying. And, and he, he's like, well, you're going home? I said, yeah. He said, I'm on the way. I'm, he said, I'm not going to say exactly what he said. But he said, I'm on the way. I'm coming to your house. I said, you don't have to do that. He goes, I ain't got to do a thing, but I'm on the way to your house. And he came and we sat and we talked for about an hour and a half. And you know what? He, it wasn't a, he's not a miracle worker. And the battle wasn't over when he left. But you know what he did? He reminded me, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And you do have hope. And don't you quit walking. God is the encourager. Our comfort abounds in Christ. We need people around us. We have to have the community of God. And part of that community of God, and this is where you get some pushback, is through professionals. I thank God for the therapist that I see. There was a time where I saw her every Friday. There were times she made me promise that I was not going to hurt myself. There were times where it was all I could do to get to Friday just to try to get some, something out of my head. I thank God for Dr. Badebo. <laughs> See, some of y'all like me. Some of y'all crazy like me. Just... But you're not crazy. You, 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 I go see Dr. Badebo. Dr. Badebo has been a godsend to me. Christian man who has walked with me through thick and thin. And the thing he told me, he's like, as long as you'll keep walking, I'll walk with you. 
And we have worked and we've worked and we've worked and we've worked and we've worked and praise God like, like I'm able to be more healthy today than I've ever been. Like even before the depression, even before those struggles became so deep. But I talked to so many people and especially you guys, they're so daggum hard-headed. Sometimes I want to just throat chop you. Because you come in and you tell me, and I'm, I ain't going to stare at none of y'all. I'm going to look at the ceiling. Because some of y'all, this is a conversation I've had with y'all. And I'm like, go see somebody. Well, I, just, I don't want to see somebody. What do I do to get better? Go see somebody. I, don't, I just don't think I want to do that. So what do I do to get better? Go see somebody. But I, I don't want to go. Then shut up. Like, suck up your pride. Real, look, realize this. For me, it took me depending on God more to go to a doctor than to not go to a doctor. Because you know what? As long as I was not going to a doctor, as long as I was not taking any kind of medication, you know who was doing it? Me. You know, the moment that I said I'm willing to go do whatever it takes, you know what I had to do? I had to surrender to whatever God wanted to do for me. And we look at it in the church and we go, well, that's just not enough faith. You ought to just stand up in faith. And yeah, we do stand in faith and we keep praying and we keep walking and we keep stepping and God does heal. But sometimes that's how he heals. And for me, I realized that it took more faith, it took more reliance on God for me to go to a professional, to, to swallow my pride, to die to my pride, than it did to not. And in the church, we flip that backwards sometimes. Now, I will say this, I believe this with all my heart, our first priority needs to be faith. Our first priority needs to be leaning into the Lord. Our first priority needs to be what Paul said when he was at that point of despair. He said, this happens so that we might rely on the Lord and not on ourselves. There's a growth opportunity in this. I will tell you this, that those years of my life from about, especially from about 13 to 17, those years of my life robbed me of things that I can never get back. I never want to go back through those years again. Nothing like that. I'd, I'd never want to go through it again. I don't know how I'd make it. The God would get me through it again, but that's the only way. But this is what I can tell you. I wouldn't trade those years. Because God taught me so much through them. And I have been able... I have been able to encourage someone who is extremely close to me, who means more to me than my own life, with the encouragement that I receive through what I went through. And it's worth it. But you don't quit stepping. Dang, I thought somebody shot me for a second. <laughs> you have to keep walking. You one day, in the midst of or on the other side of, will be able to encourage others with the encouragement that you've received. I want you to see this. That Paul says this, that this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. Don't you all know this? Do you realize this? And we talked about heaven last week. Do you realize that in the end, we're all delivered? I mean, like, we've already been delivered. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. 
He talks about how God delivers them out of every peril. And I want you to understand this, that all things do work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Now, sometimes that verse out of Romans 8 gets taken out of context. It doesn't mean that all things are going to be perfect in your life. It means that when things do come, God is going to use those things to make us more like Jesus. That is what we have been predestined for, is to be made in the image of Christ. It doesn't mean difficulties and challenges won't come. But what it means, and this is really the last point I want to make in this, is that when we, in the midst of these challenges, if we will face into Jesus and not just look at the circumstance, that God will take even the worst of days, and use them to shape us to be more like Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us this, that we're being made and transformed from glory to glory. But it says the way this happens is as we gaze into the face of Christ. Some of you right now, you're facing some things that are challenging. I know right now I'm, I'm looking at the week ahead of me. And I, I can honestly say I'm not really excited about it. But the thing that's kept going over and over into my heart is just face into it. But don't face into it alone. Face into it with Jesus. Face into it with that community of believers behind you and around you and surrounding you. Face into it with faith and just keep stepping. Just take one step at a time. Just keep walking. Just keep praying. Just keep asking for more of the Holy Spirit. And the thing that's been going over and over and over in my heart is this, that we need more of the paraclete, right? We need more of the encourager. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We need His strength. We need His ability. The Holy Spirit is the most neglected person in the Godhead. Out of, out of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gets neglected more than any one of them. And yet he is the one right now who is here. He is the one right now who is amongst us. And for many of us right now, that is what we need. We need more of the Spirit of God. The Bible promises that those who, who, who are thirsty, if they will come to Jesus, Jesus promises to give his Spirit. He says, if you will come to me, all who are thirsty, I will give you drink and you will never thirst again. He says, and rivers of living water will flow from you. Living water flowing from you. Healing water, springs of healing flowing from you, through you, to cleanse you, yes, to give you encouragement, yes, but also so you can be the encouragement to someone else to just keep taking one more step because sometimes that's the best we can do. That's all we're really called to do. Just take one more step. And when it's, without, when it's beyond our ability, when it's beyond our ability, and really at all times, we need to rely on His grace. Press into his grace. Not be afraid to seek help because I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not alone. I know that I have hope. And for some of you, you're in a place of depression that's been going on for, for a long time. And sometimes it can be caused by trauma and experiences you've had. Sometimes it can come back to identity issues that you just walk in condemnation because the truth of Christ ha has not yet broken down some strongholds in how you think about yourself. Sometimes it can be physical. It can be hereditary. But this is what I know. Whatever the cause of the mental health issue, God is bigger. And God will provide a way. Keep stepping. And today... 
I want us to pray. I want us just to spend a minute praying that God would give more of the Holy Spirit, that He would fill us with the rivers of living water, that in, even in moments of despair right now, if you're in a place of despair, you're in a place of anxiousness, you're in a place of worry, you're in this circumstantial depression, so to speak, that the things around you, they just seem to be pressing in on you. If that's you, we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need His presence. Because it's in His presence that there's peace and there's joy and there's life. If you're in this place, or maybe you've been in this depression, or this bipolar, this cycle, for days, months, and years. And you just say, I just don't know. I'm just starting to give up hope. Don't give up hope. Don't quit. The encourager is here. But I believe sometimes we have to be like this persistent woman who kept going before the judge. And, he, and she kept asking. And she kept pleading. And we just keep in, in persistence and perseverance going before the Lord, going before the throne of grace and saying, God, I'm not letting go of you. Give me more of you, Lord. I know you're not like this obstinate judge. You are a loving, compassionate Father. Give us more of yourself. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Today, you find yourself in that place. I want you to just, and we, we're running out of time quick, but, but I just want you to come forward so we can pray, so we can pray. Today, you just say, I'm in this place. I need, I need, I need the, what, the thing, the only thing that God can give. I need himself. I need him. I need his ability. I need his empowerment. God, would you move in our hearts? Would you move in our hearts even now as we plead to you? If you today would say that, I just need to be filled with the living water. I want this despair and anxiety. I want it to replace. I just need hope. I just need some hope today. I just need to walk out of this place today with more hope than what I came in with. Because right now, I'm struggling. I feel like that ship is taking on so much water that I'm about to go under. And I just need you, God, to come in and, and to, to begin to lift me up and lift me out. God, would you fill me with more of your spirit, with more of your presence, with more of your grace. God, your ability in me. Come on, somebody, you need to come up here because you need to rely on the Lord. You need to rely on the Lord. You're relying on your own strength. You need to, you need to begin to allow God to move. For some of you, you've been through so much trauma and you're struggling with it, but God makes you a new creation. God makes you a new creation and he can begin to heal you. He can begin to give you the steps that you need to take to be healed. God, we thank you for that. We thank you, God. I thank you right now for the person who, who came into this place today. And they're, they're almost at that point of saying, I'm giving you one last chance person, whoever that is, I want you to hear my voice, that God has not given up on you, and don't you dare give up on him. You let him work in your life. You just keep taking one step. If you have to grab a, if you have to grab a stranger before you walk out of here, you grab him by the arm and you say, hey, I need help. If you need help today, you go to the next steps table and you tell him, hey, I need help. I need help. I'm struggling. I feel like I'm about to go under. But right now, I want you in your heart, if you're even in your seat, why don't you begin to just lift up praise to God? Why don't you just begin to thank God? Why don't you begin to replace this spirit of heaviness with this garment of praise? Let's clothe ourselves in praise. Understand this, I'm in a place. I need to clothe myself with this praise to get rid of this garment of despair to get rid of this. Father, we thank you this morning. Come on, lift up your faith to the Lord this morning. Open your hearts to God this morning. Don't let this be a religious exercise. Understand that the Spirit of God is here, that the grace of God, the grace, the God of all grace and peace, the God who can give us peace even when things are not as they ought to be, even when things feel foreign because we weren't meant to endure them. Father, I thank you that you give us your ability. God, I pray right now, break through the walls. Break through the walls. Break through the walls of religion. Break through the walls of, of coming into this place without an expectation of your power. 
Right now, I pray you will heal the hearts of those, Lord, who are grieving. Who are grieving, and it's just a block. It's like a block in their heart that keeps them from being able to receive you and walk with you and know you and love you and trust you. But you begin to heal. I pray for the one right now who even physically has their head down. I pray that physically they would even lift up their eyes right now and look to the heavens, look to you where their hope comes from. God, I thank you for that. God, would you move, would you move, would you move, would you move in our hearts? God, would you give hope right now? Would you let hope arise in us? Let hope arise in us, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Let hope arise. throw this out there. I want you to, if you will, would you close your eyes, just bow your heads for a second. We're about to get out of here. And this is, this is way out there. But I felt like there's someone here who there's just this block in your heart and your spirit. There's this grief. And I felt specifically like it's a, it's a, a lady. And I felt like this. I felt like right now you're wearing a necklace that someone very dear to you gave you. And there's just grief and there's this pain in your heart that just doesn't seem to go away. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you put your hand in the air? Would you just let me pray for you specifically? Thank you. Father, I thank you that you love this person so much that you would speak this specifically to them. Would you heal their hearts, Lord? Would you touch their heart? Would you touch their lives? Would you touch them, God, even now? Encourage them, comfort them, fill them, God, with rivers of living water. Or tell them, let them know that things may not ever be the same again, Lord. But they will be. They are good, Lord. Because you're good. Would you comfort them? Would you embrace them? Would you hold them in your arms? Father, we love you and we praise your name and we worship you today because you are good. Lift our faith, lift our eyes, lift our hope. Let our hope arise in you. In Jesus' name.